Welcome to the Recruitment Mentors Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. And with this episode, it's a slightly different one. And this is going to be part of the entry level stroke graduate episode podcast series where we speak to recruiters who are early on in their recruitment journey. They may have graduated um, and they are sharing with us how it's going, what they've learned so far, some of the biggest challenges they've experienced in hope that some of you listening to this can, either if you're considering a career in recruitment, can get a real picture of what to expect and some practical advice. And also if you are early on in your recruitment career, to know that you're not what you're going through, you're not going through it alone. And also to hear how other people are uh, making the most of their recruitment career so far. So I'm really uh, excited to be joined by Hannah and Rachel from Finney James. And before we get into this, Hannah, if you could introduce yourself and Rachel, you do the same and then we'll um, get into it. Yeah, sure. So hi, everyone. My name's Hannah, as mentioned. So I joined Finley James back in March 2020. So coming up to like a year and a half now. And we specialise in placing people in the tech and software space, um, primarily like sales and leaders, as well as marketing professionals. I typically specialise in the ed tech and learning tech space as well. Amazing. Love that. So you, you've been recruiting a year and a half. And did you go, did you graduate? Did you go to university? Yeah. So I went to Mamet University, graduated uh, two years ago now and did uh, a textiles degree. Awesome. And Rachel? Yeah. So my name's Rachel. I also work at Finley James. Um, I've been doing recruitment for around about 10 months now. So I think I joined in August 2020. Um, and I also obviously specialise in the tech space and my um, kind of where I like to work on is the MarTech space. I really like um, any marketing technology um, and data analytics space as well. Awesome. And then for context of so 10 months and then so did you graduate last year? I graduated two years ago as well. I had a previous sales job for this. Okay, awesome. So where I want to start then, Rachel, I'll come to you first. Yeah. Obviously, you had a sales job before, but like, how and why did you end up choosing to get into recruitment after that sales job? Let's just let's just start there. Yeah, so I, I'm originally from Swansea, I don't know if you can tell from my accent, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I wanted to move to Manchester just because there's so many more opportunities up here, and I think it's a really cool city. Um, so I was trying to look for jobs up here and I did enjoy my sales job but I didn't really I, I was kind of open to any job because I've obviously only graduated a year before that I was quite open and then I saw a uh, job online through a recruitment agency but it, it was just um I think it was another sales job and then they rang me up and they kind of pre-screened me and um they were actually like oh have you ever um, considered a job in recruitment and I was like no not really and they were like, oh, if you think you'd be really good at it, would you would you want to go to some uh, recruitment interviews? And I was like, yeah, I was open for anything. So I was like, yeah, go on. And then the first one I did was actually with Finley James. Um, and like the minute I went into the office, I just absolutely loved it. It's such a cool office. Everyone in there was so nice. And I really enjoyed the interview process. So I kind of just fell into it that way, just by kind of coincidence. It wasn't that I actually thought about, you know, I wanted a career in recruitment. It just kind of came to me. Okay, interesting. And um, 
Hannah, I just muted you there because it is a bit of a bat noise, so I just muted when um, Rachel's talking. But what about your story then? Um, no, sorry, Hannah. Sorry, not Rachel. Um, <laughs> what 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 was your story into recruitment then, Hannah? How how did it so unravel for you? Not too far off, to be honest, from Rachel. So graduated from uni, I did a really creative course, and I was really torn like where I wanted to to go down, whether that was pursuing more like the art style route or just going into something completely different. So when I was doing some art commission work and stuff like that on the side, I picked up a door-to-door um, sales job. Wow. That I, that I actually weirdly really enjoyed. What was you, what was you selling? Uh, well, it was actually Bernardo's for the children's charity. Uh, so oh, wow, okay. Sign up to, to the charity. So I did feel like I was doing something good. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. But um, I realised I actually just really thrived off getting to speak to new people every day. And my dad was like, hang on, you're actually really good at this. Why are you doing this and standing outside in the rain every day when you could be doing a sales job inside? Um, and I was like, yeah, I know, but just, I've got no idea about sales or anything like that. And he's the one that suggested recruitment because he has some um, some friends and family in recruitment and stuff and was like, have you ever thought about it? And same thing as Rach, I just started applying and really had no clue what it even meant but I just I knew it was a sales job and I knew that I just wanted to move out of the creative space and just push myself to do something new um so yeah same thing with Rach just sort of fell into fell into recruitment interviewed at Finley James and was like I really love love this company and joined love that so back to you then Hannah real quick so I have to ask like I feel like this is something that we all have to work through in our lives but I feel like it's even more intensified especially when you've gone to uni obviously taking on all of that debt that's part of that journey as well. So like, I guess any advice for people listening that may be graduating this year or recently graduating that still have no idea what the hell they want to do, like what helped you, I don't know, like what comes up for you when, if I'm saying to you, look, Hannah, I'm, I'm just really worried at the moment. I don't know what I want to do. I'm like all these types of things. Like how did you deal with those feelings and did you experience those? This podcast is proudly sponsored by Sourcebreaker. Now, right now, if you've worked your absolute socks off to get a candidate on board and work with them on an exclusive basis, there's a good chance that you are going to have to maximize that opportunity as much as possible. You should probably be doing this anyway. But let's say you've got a candidate, they have sought after skills, experience, and you only have two live vacancies who you have relationships with where they fit that what they're looking for now what you want to be doing is making sure that they have as many opportunities options as possible and these options to be obviously through you you want to deliver a great service now one of the ways that Sourcebreaker can speed up this process in understanding what other job opportunities are there in my market right now where this person's skill set, their experience fits the current live vacancies that maybe companies I don't know or I don't have terms with or I'm working with. Guess what? You can automate all of that with Sourcebreaker. When I saw this part of the tool, it would have saved me so much time. So one of the really cool things that you can do with Sourcebreaker is when you do have this candidate that you're working with, what you can very quickly do is basically use all of that experience and <clears throat> all of the information about that candidate to basically unearth and find live job opportunities that match that person's experience and skill set. 
And you can do all of this in Sourcebreaker. It will give you the list of companies, the job specs that you can see. And guess what? You've now just got your hot list of companies and opportunity to spec in that candidate that you know most companies will be looking for. And that's going to give you an even better chance to make more money, maximize the opportunity you have with that candidate and deliver an even better service. So if you want to start saving time in doing that and not mapping out the whole market, where else do I need to spec this person into and start making more money or giving yourself more opportunity to make more placements, then use the link in the comments, register for a demo and start using your recruitment mentors exclusive savings on this brilliant source breaker tool. Yeah, 100%. And I think for me, it's important to try as much as possible not to compare yourself to everyone else. Because I was watching all my friends getting design jobs straight away or people landing like the dream job in like teaching or whatever it was straight away. And I was just sat there thinking, I've literally got nothing. I've got no idea what I'm doing with my life. Oh my God, I'm a failure. (laughs) But it's just, you have to step back and realise we're still so young. There's so much time. Even people in like the 40s and 50s still don't even know what they want to do. So they just take a step back, enjoy your time off when you've got some, um, and then just try and go out there and explore as many options as possible and interview as many places. And then it'll probably click and you probably find something you think actually this might not be what I thought I'd be good at or I wanted to do, but this is what feels right and just go with, go with the flow. I love that. And then Rachel, back to you then. What what was your experience with that and those, those feelings? Yeah. So I had a similar experience. I, a lot of my friends are medics, so they had their career path kind of set out for them. They didn't have oh, wow. to do, um, obviously they've never done interviews really because they've got a set plan. They've been in uni for the last five years. So I felt like similar. I was, I was very stressed because I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I think it's quite an unsettling feeling when you graduate. Yeah. You think you've, you've, you've got, you've, like you said, you're in a load of debt. You've gone to get a degree to get a really good job. But like, it's so hard to find what you're looking for. If you don't know what you want to do, you can't even look for jobs online because it's like, it's so overwhelming. You're like, I don't know what to choose. Don't know what I'm good at. But yeah, my advice would be, you know, take some time, have a look at some, just any job, go for some interviews and see, get a feel for kind of what you like. If, if you think the culture is nice, if you like the people there and when they talk about the job, if you can see yourself doing it, because sometimes the job description, as we were saying, does put people off, but it, I, from the job description that I've seen on recruitment is nothing like what I actually thought I would be doing. So like, I was under the impression that, you know, you you fly over job ads out and then you wait for people to come back to you and then you're just <laughs> ringing people. That, and it's like completely different from that. Like, it's not like that at all. So I think, yeah, if you, if you try and kind of go to as many jobs as you can and don't worry about it, I spent like a few weeks on my trying to enjoy my time off but I couldn't because I was just panicking thinking I'm never going to get a job and I was just trying to like get any job that I possibly could which is not necessarily equally the right thing to do because you might you know get into a job that you really really don't like and just take them for the sake of it um Mm. so yeah I think just take a step back find try and find what you think you would enjoy like what are you what do you enjoy in life and see if there's any you know job avenues down from that yeah, nice. Yeah, I think it's just experimenting, isn't it? Like, and like being open to that. I think a lot, obviously we put a lot of pressure, pressures on ourselves to like have yeah. like the perfect career or find it perfectly. And actually, I think I just don't like the term as well. I know, obviously, I always used to say it to obviously candidates, and I'm sure you've had some of these conversations as well, like job hoppy, and you don't want too many yeah. jobs in your CV and stuff. But when you're younger, 
like fucking out yeah like you're just trying to find out who you are and make your way in this world so like to go oh i'm not gonna do that because that's gonna affect my cv it's like well no you need to experience you need to try different things and the only like and then not worry about that and yeah so like i feel like people are going to be more and more understanding of that in today's society as well if like rachel had five jobs in three years compared to someone that had two jobs or actually you're actually more rounded or you have a more different experience and now you may have a better understanding of what you're doing right or what you want to do so i guess back to you then rachel um like what skill so obviously you both fell into it but like what skills or experience then has recruitment given you that you least expected yeah so like multitasking I've got to say that's one of the biggest ones because I think again you're under the impression that you're kind of doing one thing day after day but it's like there's so many different aspects you've got like the client side of things where you're speaking with clients trying to bring on new business you've also got to reach out to candidates you know that are not actively looking for jobs you've got to kind of try and you know persuade them into maybe start looking for a job when they weren't ready to look and then you've also got to kind of manage I don't know if there's like for other recruitment companies but we at Finney James work in a really collaborative environment so because we're quite new to recruitment um we are obviously working other people's jobs in they've brought on so you've got to work together to kind of get the deal over the line so that's with the client that's with also the people at Finney James your colleagues uh, you know and the candidate so it's a lot of stuff that you've got to kind of juggle all in one. You've got to do prep calls. It's just so much. And I think you've got to really, really work on your time management because if you don't have like a good set plan for the day, it's so easy to get down like a rabbit hole and, and not actually get done anywhere near as much as you think you would. Um, so those, those are the two things for me, time management and multitasking. Yeah, nice. And then Hannah, I'll ask you the same question in a second, but just before I do what about like personally as well because for me personally when I got into sales and stuff like I really found I don't know I just feel like it did make me more confident in speaking to people and I don't know I I just feel like it gave me more than just like the professional stuff like anything do you feel like it's helped you even like as Rachel the human being the person do you think it's impacted anything out of interest working in recruitment yeah, definitely. I think like also because you have to speak to the clients on a on a daily basis as well. Like I, when I first joined, I've never even spoken to someone like really high up in a business or, you know, I was just in uni, had no kind of, obviously I was like working in a coffee shop for most of the yeah. time. But that's like nothing compared to like speaking to, you know, see, we're speaking to CEOs most of the time. And like that can be quite daunting. Um, but, you know, after your first or second go you really find your groove and like I find my confidence improved like not just in the workplace but you know when you're going out and meeting new people um I just feel like I'm such a more confident person now like I feel like I could you know walk I, before I was like even shy to like order stuff at a bar oh, wow. like that but now I literally am like a whole new person so yeah I think it really has improved my confidence like in work and outside work love that so then um Hannah, over to you. Same question, really. Like, what skills and things is it sort of have you obtained, you think, so far that you least expected? Yeah, so I'd definitely say a bit of an obvious one, like Rachel as well, but the time management, but more like down to like being self-disciplined. So I think it's like when I first went into this, it was like I was spending hours on one thing and then being like, oh my God, I've not got anything on my to-do list done today. But it's just having that like self-discipline to be like, no, 
stop and move on now and just being able to get on and move on with your day if maybe things take a little bit longer but then it's fine um as long as you've got what you need to do just move on um and then I think for me it's actually patience so it's <laughs> a job where you can't like you really do have to be patient with people people are very unpredictable um and I think going into this I just thought everything would go as to plan everyone would do as you'd say um but it's a complete opposite so again just yeah having a little bit of patience sometimes a deal could drop in like three months later than you thought it would take there's long notice periods involved like all of that stuff it's not a quick thing so it's just been able to go with the flow and the process and just have a little bit more patience with everything um which is good nice patience And then this is a bit of an odd one, actually, but I think as well, um, because I've been speaking to people probably more so than anywhere in the US and then even like in Europe, some likes of Germany and things, it's just having that cultural awareness as well. So Mm. I've literally never spoke, when I um, got told you're working on a US role, I was thinking I've never spoken to someone in the US (laughs) in my entire life what they're going to be like but now like I know how to speak to them I suppose you know maybe someone over in Germany and just building up rapport but in different ways versus like the cultures in the country and that sort of thing um so that's quite an interesting one I love that and I think that's just one of the greatest things about recruitment I think like how like communication skill having good communication skills in life is just so valuable Mm -hmm. and it can help you in like all areas so so we've been, we've kept it like quite positive, I feel like. So I guess, Hannah, back to you then, like what, what have been your biggest challenges so far then? So like, cause we all hear, and I definitely experienced this, like first year in recruitment, it's horrible. Might even be the worst year of your life or most difficult. I don't know how difficult uni was and stuff like that, but like first year in recruitment, it's going to be difficult. So like, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've had to face? And then I guess how even you still may be working through them, but like, I guess then what comes up for you when, how you've sort of gone about overcoming them or dealing with them, what comes yeah. up for you on that? This podcast is proudly partnered with Vincere, the all-in-one platform. Now, I am not going to tell you why you should be looking at this product, despite the new features, new releases that they've recently announced. But again, this week, I want to tell you why Vincere could be a fantastic career opportunity for all of you listening to this podcast. And there's a really great opportunity right now to join their huge growth trajectory. Now, who better to ask them one of their current employees? And I reached out to Matt Donnelly, who joined them three and a half years ago as a customer success executive, who's progressed all the way to head of customer success so hear what he has to say why he loves working with cherry and what the opportunities are and if you are interested check out their live vacancies on vincherry.com that's v-i-n-c-e-r-e.com so the main reason i like working at vincherry is i mean there's quite a few but i think the main one is it's just progression you know we are such an agile company and we're going through this you know hyper growth um phase of, of growth and the opportunity is unbelievable. You know, you, the opportunity to do anything you want. If you're good at your job and you can prove that, you know, your talent will be fast-tracked and you'll move up the chain, you'll move into a management and leadership role really, really quickly and you'll see your ideas come to life. You know, there's no, there's not many layers. Um, everyone's got an open say. There's no egos as a big part of our strategy. 
And if you've got good ideas and you're willing to prove them and put them in practice, you'll see those ideas in our process, in our platform, in months, not years. Um, so it's a really just refreshing, it's just really refreshing to be part of a company that, you know, respect that and, and fast track that talent. So that's probably one of the main ones. Um, I would say, you know, it's not just Vincere's, you know, working at Vincere is not just a job. You know, it's not some somewhere where you come, you work nine till five, that's it, you leave, you take your money. It's a career. You know, it's whatever you put in this company is what you get out. And it kind of links back to the progression and the growth. It really is a career. It's a long-term career. Um, so if you're hungry for a challenge, you want to change, you're bored of the same day-to-day, you know, Vincere is, is where you want to be, particularly where we are now in our growth stage. It's a really, really exciting time to join. Yeah, so I think for me, it's probably coming down to like lack of confidence in myself or like sort of imposter syndrome. Um, So when I joined in March 2020, that was literally I had two weeks of training and then we were suddenly in lockdown. I was sat there thinking, oh, my God, my job is is definitely not safe. I'm I'm, going to have to leave and find a new job. Um, So from the start, I was just panicking. But to be fair, Finley James was so supportive. We had a lot of sort of weekly catch-ups over Zoom, keeping everyone in the business up to date with where we stand as a business in terms of like the revenue, in terms of the plans. But also I was made to feel like your job is safe. We are going to get you through this. Obviously, you're going to have to work hard. But throughout, I was just thinking, how have I kept this job? I don't deserve to be here. I've literally had no experience. So I think over furlough, I was just consistently trying to improve and learn as much as possible. I was watching your podcasts, um, nice. your books and that sort of thing. So when I came in, I was like, right, I've learned as much as I can now and I'm going to go in and smash it. But I think throughout the whole process, even coming back in, it's just constantly having to remind yourself like, I'm not perfect, but I can do this. And I'm always just having to like battle in my own head, like you can do this, like you deserve to be here. You've worked really hard. Um, So I think it's just recognising when you hear that voice in your head. And it's so natural to like go into it and be like, yeah, like I'm doing awfully. But it's switching it and recognising that you're doing it and just trying to be like, no, stop a minute. I'm doing all I can. I've done really well so far. And just thinking more rationally about it. Love that, yeah. So just getting better at recognising the self-dialogue and noticing if it's serving you or it isn't serving you and trying to change. Yeah, I love that. Exactly. And then, Rachel, same question for you then, really. Like, what what have been some, obviously, you're still, you're obviously coming up to that uh, year mark, which is exciting. So, like, yeah. what what have been, obviously, still here, still, yeah. still, still in the job, surviving, doing it, making it happen, like, what... What have been some of your biggest challenges so far then that you've had to, to work through, do you think? Yeah, well, I also had a bit of a rocky start. So I actually got off of the job in March and I was so excited to start, handed in my notice and then obviously the pandemic hit. So I was absolutely gutted because obviously I was like really excited to start and I was like, there's no way they're going to keep. I also thought there's no way they're going to let me start. And then um, obviously they let me know obviously I wasn't going to start, but they were like, don't worry, you know, we do really want you to start. We just don't know when. So I was like every month getting in touch, like, do you still want me? Do you still want me? <laughs> and like, they were so good. Like every month we'd be like, yes, we, we promise. Like as soon as we get a solid start date and we know, you know, you will be starting. They were so informative and, you know, really, because it was quite nerve wracking because I couldn't go on furlough because I'd already handed in my notice and I obviously couldn't go on furlough from Finney James either. So it was quite a nerve wracking um, pos- position to be in because I wasn't sure if any other 
people would be taking on jobs either but they were amazing in keeping me informed and then I started in August and I had um, a great few months I think I really really wanted to prove myself because I was like I really want to keep this job so I ended up becoming the fastest person to ever be promoted so I was wow. on like a massive high and then um, since we've kind of come out of the pandemic um, one of the things I've really struggled with is because I've only known a COVID market I started during COVID where there wasn't mm. that many jobs but whereas now we've gone like the other extreme where there's too many jobs so there's so many counter offers ha- counter offers happening you know you've got a speech candidate through the process otherwise you know they're getting snapped up really quickly and I think the thing that I've you know struggled with especially in the last like two months is is dealing with those overcoming trying to make sure that my candidates you know are you know getting sped through the process or or adapting to this sort of environment I think that's one of the challenges that I've faced and like obviously going from such a high to then now obviously I'm I'm trying to adapt to this new market um that's been you know a big big challenge for me um so I'm hoping I kind of see the other end now and go back right back up well yeah well a lot a lot of um I'm sure you might have heard John say this but a lot of people say if you if you can make it happen in a market like COVID, then you you there's a very good chance you'll make it in a stronger market. But you're right, it's different challenges, right, and mm. having to adapt and things like that. So, I guess um, what I wanted to obviously uh, ask you both then. So, Rachel, on this then. So, this yeah. is something that came up when I was speaking to um, a couple of people. So, obviously, both of you said that it sort of happened quite quite by accident getting into recruitment, right? So. Hopefully you'd agree, but fair to say that there may not have been like a really solid why you wanted to get into recruitment at the beginning, but disagree me if you want to. But I guess what I wanted to ask you is in those sort of early, early periods, what can be really hard to sort of, I guess, really tap into is like why you're doing it and that motivation. So I guess my question for both of you and Rachel to you first, like how, obviously you had that high. So obviously I feel like the financials and stuff that helps with motivation. But then when you've had challenges, like what, what have you tapped into like to be more, to be motivated, to carry on and like what's helped you understand like why, why you're now in recruitment and what, does that make sense? Like, cause that's really hard at the, the beginning. Yeah. I think um, a big thing for me is, when I am struggling I feel like I've got really good close like other than my colleagues are also you know my friends because I as I said I moved up from Swansea I only knew my boyfriend here I didn't really have anyone else so um I only know the people like my colleagues and they're now you know really close friends of mine and one thing that really helped me through you know if you are struggling is just talking about it with people who understand like I come home sometimes and I'll try and speak to my boyfriend about it he just doesn't get it he's like I'm (laughs) just like what are you on about but like having like that you can vent to you know people that fully understand I found that really helps you they can help motivate you you know if you are struggling that day you know they'll be like no come on you've got this but I also found listening to motivational podcasts as well I'm, I'm I love podcasts myself um so I listen to you know if I'm having a like a, a little bit of a down day like sometimes I will listen to like a motivational podcast and it really like get me in the mood um but I think since I've started recruitment and like hence why I want to stay is, you know, I do love the buzz of 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 closing that deal. Like that that is 
although the lows are low, the highs are really high. You know, everyone says that. And it is so, it's such a satisfying feeling, you know, when you do get a placement and you, you know, you've crossed it over the line. It may have taken, like you said, a month or two months, but you've done it. And also, you know, the people, like I said, the people you work with, like I, I love everyone that I work with and I find it so, so much fun walking into the office and seeing everyone. I think that's, the, you know, a big, big reason why like recruitment is so fun, especially at Finn and James, is just because the, the collaborative environment is just so nice. Nice. I love that. And then I guess same for you then, Hannah, like what have you, what's helped you tap into your motivation and how have you remained motivated in this sort of early part of your career? Yeah. So I think um, for me in the morning, like before I start work, I always do something whether like writing in a journal, <laughs> speaking to myself nice. in the mirror and just reminding like why I'm doing it. Um, but I'm quite a big book reader as well. Um, so yeah, just reading, um, books all the time or like Rachel has always listened to podcasts and whatever it is on the drive to work just something to get you quite pumped up and then it's just reminding myself why I started and I think with recruitment obviously like Rachel said you're gonna have you could have a tough day tough week even like a tough month but it's looking at the bigger picture um and sort of the life skills that you actually are developing along the way from this is really invaluable like it's testing you and it's really a job where you're getting used to being in the uncomfortable zone um but I think that's where you're going to be successful in the long run so it's reminding yourself that um and then another thing is definitely because every day is different so I'm probably someone that gets quite bored um, doing the same thing every day you know like a set routine I just get a bit irritable so knowing that every day you literally have no idea what to expect and I do think the time goes by so fast which is always a plus um yeah. and then like Rachel again it's the people at Finley James as well like we've we've all become so close and we've all obviously gone through Covid and we know it's just been a tough year but I think we've all just bonded a lot over that and we've got like a really good uh, collaborative team at Finley James and I genuinely think everyone else is everyone there is just so supportive of each other so it's just such a good feeling to know you're never alone which is it's always a plus. I love that so as we um come to the last sort of 10 minutes of this so like what I guess let's now think about so for you Hannah like going obviously the journey that you've been on so far so for anyone listening that may have recently graduated or is sort of at a point in their life where they are considering a career change but maybe we could keep it specific to um grads because that's um obviously part of your journey like what what advice do you have for them then if they're entering like work for the first time this year they may have done obviously the odd job during uni but like what advice would you give them do you think I think go in there and you need to remember you're not going as in as a pro you're not an expert in this job but I think the number one thing to show is is the attitude so it's that willingness to to learn really and that sort of positive mindset and don't be afraid to ask questions because I remember when I first started I was that person that was asking about 50 questions a day and I was just thinking I'm so annoying I can't believe how many questions I'm asking but I actually think that's part of the reason I was kept on throughout COVID because I was showing that willingness to you know to learn and try and find out as much about the job as possible um so yeah it's for me number one is the attitude and the willingness to learn um and just don't be afraid like just go with the flow with it um don't put too much pressure on yourself at the same time and obviously make sure you're still um taking care of your mental health so you're not spiraling and and you're not um you know leaving some time for yourself and self-care and stuff like that 
Nice, brilliant. And then the the follow up to that then is like how, and then Rachel asked the same thing from what you think, but like, how do you think then? What would your advice be for people that want to stand out? So like, if I'm if I I'm graduating this year, I know there's gonna be loads of other people graduating. I'm applying for jobs. Like we said, there's a lot of jobs, there's a lot of opportunities, but there's also gonna be a lot of competition potentially. Like, what would your advice be for me to try and stand out amongst other graduates or entry level talent? Do you think? Yeah, so funny, but my um, boyfriend's actually just graduated from uni this year um, and he's been applying to jobs and just updating his CV and he's like, Han, why is no one coming back to me? And I was like, right, you need to be doing something different. So if there's a number or you go and you need to find someone's number and you need to be ringing them and standing out or whether that's, you know, getting on LinkedIn and getting on social media and posting videos or just thinking outside the box how you can be... Um, approaching people to make yourself stand out so getting cvs from left right and center so whether that's like you do a personalized video um email to the the hiring manager or whatever it is just try and think of ways to to gain some attraction that's not just sending cvs through to every um job application possible yeah nice love that and then i guess um rachel anything to add to that that you think could help people stand out do you think yeah, I also obviously completely agree with what Hannah said, but obviously when you get the chance, I think when you do get an interview, it's really let your personality come across. I think a lot of people, when they do go to interviews, it is quite a daunting when you've just graduated and, you know, you haven't had much interview experience and it does take a while to kind of get into, you know, the groove and you've got to get in like interview mode as such. Like, you know, you know what the, the client's looking for, you know what sort of questions are kind of come up. But I think like to make yourself stand out, you do have to kind of really let your personality shine through and don't be you know so try and not get in your head and be a little bit rigid because I think obviously from my experience when I was interviewing for a load like it took me a while to kind of fully relax in the interviews and I was like coming across probably like a like a plank of wood like really stiff like not really like my remembering my answers and like saying the words for words like, <laughs> remembering them and I know it sounds really stupid but I think a lot of people when you graduate you, you do you get a list prepared and you kind of get all your answers ready but I think I know it's cliche but just be yourself try and relax try and enjoy yourself um whilst you're in it nice um, but also obviously um, we've got a new starter that you know really stepped out of his comfort zone and actually like stood at London and had a sign like saying I'm looking for new jobs which is obviously really yeah I saw that way of of you know finding a new job so yeah if you, if you can try and come up with any other way than just sending a CV because your CV is going to probably be like just under a load of other piles of of paper so you've got to try and make sure that you've got to keep reminding them maybe if you did send it like last week maybe you want to ring them keep chasing them and just make sure that you know that they know who you are yeah love that so i've got two final questions for you both so rachel um coming to you first and so i know this is something that you both wanted to talk about so um women in recruitment yeah Obviously, obviously, recruitment as a whole typically has the image of a male-dominated industry, right? So I guess, um, I know when you spoke about this, it's something that um, you found out or thought about. So I guess, obviously, the question really is, um, how, have you, like, how have you found being in an environment where there um, are uh, more me- uh, men and males? And what, what has that been like? Um, and I guess, really, like, how did you go about navigating that environment? Or, I don't know, anyone... I guess you could talk about it in the sense of, but if I am a bit worried about that, what to think about or what you would say to them? 
um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think I didn't, when I, when I walked into Finney James, half, we have 50, 50, I think we've actually got more females than males. Um, right. So I didn't even notice it kind of coming in. I didn't think, oh, oh my gosh, I'm going into a room full of males when I was interviewing. I think if I had done that, that would have been, I think that probably would have put me off, really, um, which, is, which it shouldn't do like in the future. But I think, yeah, going in as a graduate, going into an interview place with a load of um, males, I think that, that definitely would have put me off. Um, but why would it put you off I think it's just very intimidating and I also think oh it makes you get in your head maybe you know women can't do the job which is an awful thing to say but you think you know if if you've got why is there a reason what why is there Mm. you know you 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 don't really want to think about like maybe yeah it just gets in your head that you don't think that you can do the job I think I would walk in and be like oh that is a male-dominated industry um but since being at Finney James, obviously mo- most of our top performers are females, which is obviously oh, wow. That's amazing. great to um, So yeah, we've got a really good gender split, but I think um, what's important is to to not have the mindset that I had and like walk in and think just because you are the only girl that you can't do the job. Like if anything, you want to go in and try and show that you can do it better than, than everyone that's already there. Um, so I think just like not letting gender bias put you off, try and be that person that kind of disrupt that gender bias. Um, because, you know, women have been so successful in recruitment. It's not to say that we can't do the job. So, you know, don't be afraid and kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone, even if you think that, you know, you shouldn't be doing it. It's really important, I think, to just just get in and, and try and do your best. Love that. And I guess, Hannah, anything to add to that from your own experiences? Yeah, I think even just to start off with, and I know um, Rach touched upon this earlier, but it's like even when you're applying to jobs as a girl, um, I found like things like the job descriptions are quite like male heavy wording. So the things like competitive, hungry, and I think we need to be using more female terminology as well, because the job can be done very well by females. There's a lot of things like skills like emotional intelligence empathy like listening skills that females do really really well at not to say that men can't but you know we can as well and they need to be actually used in the job descriptions because I think they're just completely off-putting to even start with and now we've got this idea behind you know sales is a really male heavy you know like Mm. Wall Street type environment when it doesn't need to be and it's and at Finley James it's not like that at all and I think when I walked into Finney James I was so shocked at how different it was to what I thought it could be and I know obviously not all places are going to be like that but it's just don't be afraid and just go in there and prove yourself and as females in the tech space if we're doing well we need to be you know putting that out there and showing other people and another female graduates that it can be done um, and that we can be successful in it as well. Yeah, I love that. So final question then um, for you, Hannah, is how, like, why do we think then people should consider recruitment as a career rather than it being typically an accident? Like, why, what would you say to, like, why should it, why should people consider it, do you think? So definitely it's just going to improve your life skills. And I, like, I look at myself back in March and like, I feel like I'm completely different now. So 
that's 100% something if you're looking to grow. Um, I think also if you're quite money motivated, quite an obvious one. But if you go in there and you do apply yourself and you learn as much as possible, it really is a type of job where you could genuinely, uh, you know, get promoted soon. Like Rach mentioned, she was a faster to be promoted. I'm on track to get promoted very soon. And I've got like um, exceeding my targets. And it's such a lovely feeling to know that you're doing well and it's definitely the type of job that you actually get that sense of achievement and you actually feel like you're going somewhere um and it's even like a type of role that you could move into you know like a management position or whatever it is in the future it's not just you're going to stay in this role forever there's a lot of scope and a lot of valuable life skills that you're going to learn so I think anyone considering it it's genuinely like a really good long-term job and not just something that you're going to do just for six months and then leave absolutely love that thank you and then Rachel, same question. How, why should people be considering recruitment as a career and not just an accident? Yeah, as Hannah said, I think if you're looking for a job, you know, which has high rewards, you know, you if you work really hard, there's opportunity to earn a huge amount of money. And I don't think people realise, I think that people think, yeah, you can make money, but there is opportunity to earn a lot of money, you know, if, if you are doing really well. And also, you know, with, with more money becomes, you know, more progression and also you can move up to a management position really quickly probably more so than you would in any other job but then also opens doors to if you did want to maybe eventually become a manager elsewhere you know you can go down a different route you know you you really gain experiences that you can take and and hopefully um progress more later down the line um but I also think that, you know, the incentives like not a lot of companies do really fun cool incentives you know we've got um weekly lunch clubs quarterly lunch clubs you also have got the incentive to go to new york at the end of this year you know if you hit your target like there's really big motivators that come along you know sometimes a job is hard but also you know there's loads of things that make up for that and i think that also contributes to having such a fun working environment because you're all you know um working to get onto these incentives and you want to get on you want to make sure that your friends get on them so you're encouraging your friends to get on them as well you don't want to go to the lunch club by yourself you're like come on you need to work harder <laughs> so I think it's just a lot more fun rather than just work 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 um so yeah that would be my advice if you do want to start I love that so I know I said that was gonna be my last question but sorry I'm gonna ask you one more <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll be our last one I promise so Back to you, Rachel. So I just think this is an interesting one. So um, a lot of recruitment businesses will want to hire amazing people like both of you, right? They want to hire graduates. They want to hire entry-level talent, train them up and make them the sort of next highest performers in, in their um, business, right? So, but obviously a lot of the time, obviously these business owners are a lot older than both of you, right? So the question is like, what, what do, what do, what do, um, what are the actual types of businesses that you want to work for? Like what, what are the actual benefits that actually like taught to you? Do you know what I mean? I feel like, cause I feel like the typical ones are just always like, you can earn all this cash. Obviously I know they said the incentives and stuff, but just out of interest, like for you, Rachel first, like what, what, what types of actual recruitment businesses like do people like you actually want to work for? Like what are you actually motivated by? What actually captures your eye or speaks to you and what actual types of benefits also speak to you as a young um, person building out their career? Yeah, I think uh, one for me is having people similar age. I think yeah. a lot of a lot of my friends are kind of jealous that I've started and I've got like me and Hannah are both the same age. Like quite a few of us are the same age. We've got like a nice 
group you know we've all graduated at the same time and I feel like that is that is quite important I think to have people of a similar age group to you you know that that makes things a lot more fun um you've got like quite a lot in common as well um but also like I said some a company that's constantly changing and updating I think it's important to kind of keep with the times you know you don't Mm -hmm. want to work for a company that's still using like a database from 30 years ago like it's important I think to kind of keep up to date you know with um new technology especially because you're in the tech space I think companies that can consistently evolved and also adapt so like I like working with clients at the moment that have realized that um obviously candidates are getting snapped up quickly so they've reduced their um interview stages because they realize they can't be doing a six-stage process anymore because it's just not they're not going to get but then some clients you know are sticking to their ways and like no I'm still gonna do six-stage process and then end up not getting the candidate that they want so I think it's important to kind of you know keep up to date notice what's going on around you and continually improving and also a big thing for me is listening to um your employees so Mm. I like the fact that you, we have um weekly, not weekly, like monthly feedback. So one team, one member of each team member will go and speak to um, managers and say what we think we can improve on, what what kind of we didn't enjoy this month, what might be good going forward. And then we do implement them straight away. So they'll happen the week after. We'll try to test out and see if it's going to improve. I think that really, really is important for me as well um, to make sure that employees are heard, especially in this day and age. Yeah, nice. Love that. And then, yeah, final question to you, Hannah, like what what actually speaks to young people? Like what actually gets them excited about a business? I think it's just working for a company that actually cares about you. Like you're not just a number. So again, the whole thing with the diversity, like you actually feel worthy of being in the job. Um, They're big advocates of things like mental health. Um, So we've got people at Dilly James, you know, regularly checking in like how are you doing um and there's that flexible um working where you've actually got trust in your employees to do the job and it's not you know you have to work now till then stupid like late hours there's no pressure to work long hours it's just as long as you get the you know what you need to be done that's absolutely fine and you need to take care of your mental health and you need time for yourself um because i've heard these horror stories of some other recruitment companies you know like you need to be working till like 10 at night you're not having a break until you've done 50 calls or whatever it is and I just think that's a really toxic sort of environment to work in so yeah I think number one is trusting in your people supporting your people um, and making you actually feel like you deserve to be there um, and pushing on the whole yeah diversity piece as well um, you know it's not just a 99% male <laughs> company and they're big on supporting females in the tech space as well love that Hannah Rachel it's been an absolute pleasure excited to see how your recruitment career continues and uh thanks for joining me thank you so much for having us well done on making it to the very end of the episode i hope you enjoyed it i've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career Like always, if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Send me a message. What would you love me to cover with future guests? And if you have enjoyed the podcast, then it would be amazing if you could leave 
a honest review in your favorite podcast streaming platform. That will simply mean that we're able to reach more people with this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe completely free on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast.